0: For meditating, we collect wisdom, hear stories, and inspire each other. I'm Sister Jenna. Tune in live from Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Power up your day? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Can't manage the speed? Time to get off the grid and get into the heart. A groundbreaking meditation CD for people
1: on the move.
0: And at this time, I choose to get off the grid and step inside the
1: heart. Today in
0: school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and to joke. The only thing I didn't learn in school today is why no one ever helps.
2: Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council.
0: Take a break. Breathe why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center, 518-589-5000. everyone to the america meditating radio show i'm your host sister jenna and we're broadcasting from the beautiful meditation museum in the nation's capital that was if i had one wish by lucinda drayton on her a thousand angels cd wasn't that a beautiful track just the wonder and the power of her voice in itself has a way of moving us in spirit. Stay tuned. We're going to be having Miriam Ali, who is affectionately known as Maymay. She's actually the eldest of Muhammad Ali's nine children. We're going to be talking to her about the work that she's been doing in the world to make our planet a better place. I don't know if it's just me, but are all of you kind of wanting to just be hugged? You know, when you feel like the walls are just clamping in all over you, there's no room, there's no space, and you're just really wanting to just hear something sweet. You know, I got a lovely call from Princess Okansi from Ghana this morning before I got on the air, and she just called to say, I love you. I mean, that's sometimes just the kind of calls you want to hear out of the blue from your friends across the globe because a lot of love is needed nowadays to heal whatever the stuff is that we're going through on the inside. And by the way, she's going to be bringing about 30 youths into the nation's capital and into New York to discuss how we can work on some peace work and some way of empowering peace in our planet. So look out for more work by Princess Okansi from Ghana. So before we get May on the line, why don't we do what we do best here, and that is do a little meditation and then get ourselves into that place that means so much to us. So take a deep breath, relax, and let's get into our zone. We are going to be talking to Maymay, who is known very well as the eldest daughter to Muhammad Ali. And we're going to have her on in a minute. Now let's hand the phone lines over to our beloved Sister Gita, who will share with us one of her very special readings today.
2: Good morning, beautiful souls, on this beautiful day, doing this beautiful program to bring you back to the beautiful you. The spiritual warrior. The war is between your self-awareness and body awareness. So it goes like this. Some points when you are in soul or self-awareness and the battle between that and the body conscious awareness. When you're soul aware, you feel comfortable inside no matter what happens. Your heart is open and loving. You love yourself. God becomes your best friend. Your confidence and self-respect soars. Your future is so bright. You have to wear sunglasses. Animals become your friends and you don't eat them. You conserve your spiritual and physical energy. You are a non-violent warrior when we fall into the body awareness you feel anxious and uptight you're grumpy and short-tempered you turn your friends into enemies you're out of harmony with your body happiness eludes you others cannot rely on you your mind is scattered and cluttered You leave your jobs unfinished halfway through. I see what Sister Jenna has been telling me. Good fortune stays away from you. You have offensive personal habits. You hurt those who try to help you. Now, the referee is your sweetest father, the supreme. Against the forcehoods of falseness, the spiritual army is now being shaped. There are all these forms of negativity. What do you have to do in order to be a spiritual fighter, a spiritual warrior? First of all, don't be afraid. Although these forces of negativity are within the self as well, as in the world faith in your ultimate victory will bring you the strength to face all these challenges secondly pay attention in becoming virtuous not just to remain peaceful also stay alert alertness is probably the most important characteristic of a successful spiritual warrior everything within this army depends on alertness. Remember, you're fighting against the soul awareness versus the body awareness. So everything depends on alertness. Promotion, progress, victory, and defeat. If a warrior or a soldier is not alert, he'll be dismissed. If we're not alert on the spiritual, stage we will separate ourselves we will dismiss our soul conscious awareness so please be alert spiritual alertness will help you to recognize negativity as soon as it comes up finally if even only one soul remains alert there is then safety for many others so the better Spiritual warrior continues with this battle between soul awareness and body awareness. Good luck. Victory is your birthright.
0: Thank you very much. That was very rich and full and absolutely perfect. That really helped me, Gita, to really think about a lot of things within my own being. Wow, thank you so much for all of that. Wow. America Meditating Radio Show is proud to welcome Miriam Ali, affectionately known as Maymay. Maymay is the eldest of Muhammad Ali's nine children, and as a little girl, her father asked her what she thought her purpose in life was. She replied, I want to help people. Miriam's efforts to help people have manifested in a myriad of ways throughout her life. She's performed as a stand-up comedian for 12 years in venues across the country filling rooms with humor and insightful observations of social issues. She's written rap music, released a rap album, graduated magna cum laude with a BA in social work, and has 15 years of experience in delinquency prevention and family development, fantastic. Maryam is also the author of a children's picture book about her father titled, I Shook Up the World, The Incredible Life of Muhammad Ali and she's a spokesperson for Team Parkinson and the Parkinson's Unity Walk. Over the years, Miriam has appeared on many television networks, including CNN, MSNBC, and now we have on the America Meditating Radio Show. Maymay, thank you for joining us today. Really proud of the work that you're doing.
3: Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on the show.
0: I just got a text message from Princess O'Kansi, who said that in Ghana they gave your father land when he visited. How sweet is that?
3: Oh, well, that's very sweet. Land, huh? I wonder if he still has it and I can go over and stay on it. <laughs> <laughs> she just
0: mentioned um, they're thinking of passing it on to the kids, so you might need to connect the principal oh,
3: constantly. <laughs> well, you know what? He has nine children, so it's going to be a, you know, a lot of little plots there.
0: Well, you know what? There's always a lot to go around, so let's just do everything peacefully. father has a larger-than-life legacy, and it's never easy being brought up in a family with such... Um, exposure, you know, and, and such opportunities as well. So sometimes the expectations on you are higher than you might even think for it, you know, yourself. What is the most important life lesson that you've learned from your father thus now? And what are you most proud of?
3: Well, you know, my father. You know, he's a world-traveled man, legendary boxer. You know, he's done. He's been a, a uncle and dad and brother to many through television. People walk up to me all the time and see how much they love him and have been inspired by him. And with all of his accomplishments, um, what he taught me the most was to protect my spirit. There's a, a film out about him, I Am Ali, where we feature him in a lot of ways as a father. And I talk about that in the film, and it you know you would think he would say, "You know teach you how to fight or teach you how to you know be confident." He taught us all those things, but the spirituality part was my my fondest memories of my father, and um, mm. I think that speaks to why he is so loved by so many people and and his fame kind of transcends a lot of religion and 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 you know cultures and different nationalities. I've traveled with him and to see so many people love him. I mm-hmm. think that's his spiritual side, and and that's what he always taught us. No matter you know what you're, what's going on with you in your life, protect your prayers, protect your faith and your spirit. And and, mm-hmm. and I'm not just saying that because I'm on your show. I, if you've seen me on interviews about my father, I always talk about this about him. Mm-hmm. So that really is what I, I take from my dad more than anything.
0: You know, and that's what's important. I think that a lot of individuals in um, parts or roles of, you know, like a celebrity status or just being born with a lot of extra tools, um, they don't recognize the power of the spirit, May as much as they can because they don't have a lot of the other issues that folks have to grapple with, like trying to pay the mortgage, perhaps, or right. or or being exposed to more concepts of the world, or just different kinds of people. And yeah. perhaps in that environment, you tend to be so externalized that you forget your spirit. And so when Dad said, may, may, take care of your spirit, that's what's important. Right. How did you interpret that? What does it mean to take care of your spirit?
3: Well, for me, you know, I, I look at the trajectory of his life and really he came from he didn't have a lot, he had humble beginnings, he had to be spiritually strong to even weather the storms he weathered through his career. You know, the whole world was against him at one point. Um, And and so he had to be in tune with himself to even, you know, go up against the United States government and not going to Vietnam more and saying he was the greatest when everyone told him he wasn't. I mean, he there are so many lessons, so when I look at that part of his life, you know, in, in your darkest moments or if you get a little depressed, and we all do, you know, we all have moments of that, That that's when you protect it even the most, you know, not when things are going wonderfully all the time. Yes, you're, you're, you have gratitude, but when you feel left out or discouraged um, or things are not quite the way you want them to be or you may not be as fulfilled, you know, really protect yourself. During those times, because that's when we're the most vulnerable. So, for me, it's you know I, I'm raised Muslim, and I you know I'm still Muslim. I still practice as an adult, and it's really trying to protect my prayers. We pray five times a day. I, I'm not going to claim I make every prayer. I try really hard. You know, I have a prayer schedule, but those moments of peace and you know it's really meditative moments. Really, um, trying to protect that and, and be on top of that as much as possible. And I'm not just doing it in a ritualistic way, actually living according to what my faith how my faith is and what I know is right. So, I mean, that is so easy to get caught up in, you know, life. And, you know, I live in L.A. It's a big city. There's traffic. You know, you're working on projects. You know, it's so easy to, you know, forget. Um, and so that's just trying to protect those five prayers, you know, it's a struggle. Um, but, you know, that's what, when he said, you know, watch your faith, protect your faith, that always brings me back to where I should be, you know, spiritually.
0: You know, I'm thinking as you're sharing about the traffic, because I know the traffic in LA is quite an experience, oh. and you know how interesting <laughs> it is that, you know, here we can belong to profound and powerful faith traditions and we can do the best that we can and go up against some of the most adverse situations and relationships with people. But when it comes to traffic, girl, let me tell you, I could just change all of that in just a second.
3: Yeah. And I think... I put on my happy face, you know. <laughs>
0: you know, and I think that's what makes us so curious about the world of the spirit or spirituality because... How can you find your victory in your own spiritual boxing match with a very challenging relationship or situation and then just blow it just because the guy cuts you off on the street or right. it's just not moving fast enough? And, you know, that's what this show is about, Maymay. We want to be able to understand the the power of the soul, the the way the soul connects to God and and allow that energy of God's energy to make us stronger, so even the little and the big things seem leveraged, that they're all okay. Exactly. I want to talk about your book, um, I Shook Up the World. Why did you decide to write it for children in particular, and what did you hope for them to take away from the book?
3: Well, I wrote that book in 2003, actually, um, and I I had seen a lot of children's books about my dad, not, not many, a few, and... I was working with kids at the time. I was in college and working at a, a center where they had all ages, from toddlers all the way up to high school kids. And when I had to work with the little kids and read stories to them, sometimes they would get bored with the book, and and then I would just change the words to keep them engaged. And if we, I did this for like a year. I worked there longer than a year, but I would change the words and. I said, "Wow, you know, they like a lot of times when I make the book more interesting or exciting and I change the words. So I I knew I had a knack for writing for kids and all the books I saw about my father, they really didn't they really didn't exude his whole personality, like you know, the spiritual side, the father side, the the funny side, how humorous he was. And I and I said, "Wow, it would be so great to teach children the lessons that could be learned and, and a lot of teachers liked the book because they said, wow, you really, the kids really get, you know, how to be confident, how to stand up for yourself, how to, you know, always stay motivated. Other people say you can't do it. Don't listen to them. I mean, that was my father's M.O. He, You know, people were always telling him, you won't defe- defeat this opponent or you won't, uh you can't be who you are, you can't change your name, or his whole life was standing up for himself. And so I just felt, you know, that's what a kid's life is about in school. That's what they go through with peer pressure, um, what they go through with different cliques and feeling smaller than another group. And I said, wow, this would be a great inspirational story to show this man found what he loved at 12 years old and he stuck with it. So there's just a lot of different lessons. And I and I think, you know, over the years, people who've bought the book over the years, they say, wow, you know, this really helped my children, or I love teaching this book to my class. So it was a labor of love project, and uh, it, it it's only on Amazon.com now. I think they're almost out of print now because it's been so many years. It's been 2003. But, see, you know, you can find any book on Amazon.com.
0: <laughs> yeah, but still, Amazon is really moving stories forward that a lot of publishers might leave on the wayside because of marketing issues, but not exactly. because of soul issues. So I'm totally into Amazon. Um, and yeah. I t- totally support the work that they're doing. may what did you learn after you wrote that book? Was there something that you took away from that book personally?
3: No, I mean everything. I mean, I I put my my feelings and how my father helped raise me and guide me into a book. Um, I, what I learned was more about the the business, the writing business. You know, just going with the whole dealing with the whole publishing experience. That's I took that away from the book more than anything. Um, but, you know, the things that I learned through my dad already knew, and I just want to share that with young people. And, you know, I think he, he's a, the kind of person whose legacy should stay alive because there's so much to learn from him. So I just wanted to, you know, do my share in putting, documenting what I knew about my father in that, that book. But I learned a lot about the technical side of publishing and writing and all that kind of, um, those kind of things.
0: Well, those are big stuff because then you could pass it on to others who are interested so i know that you're working with youths that are in challenging situations. for example a few schools and academies here in the nation's capital of children who have either been in the system or incarcerated and are trying to really get their lives together so i know how compassionate one needs to be to participate in that role of offering service because you don't always see immediate result but then five, right. ten years later, you hear the story about how being with you changed their lives and so on.
3: Exactly.
0: You, you've you gone into music. You've you've dived there. Uh, you even released a rap album entitled The Introduction. But you later decided to find a more direct way of helping young people. So you co-founded yeah. a nonprofit organization called DMTL. Could you tell us a little bit more about it?
3: Yeah, DMTL is, is what we're developing, my, my co-partner and I are, are developing right now, my partner, Nassim Buchanan. We met at the mayor's office in the gang department. And uh, DMTL is actually the initials of his mother and brothers that were slain in Gary, Indiana. They were murdered like, maybe 10 years ago. So we're developing that program as a gang prevention program. But i like to speak more on, I have 15 years, years of experience working with the highest at-risk youth, Um, they're the highest for gang joining. In Los Angeles, I'm really proud to work in South LA because LA, unlike many big cities, has a comprehensive uh, plan and initiative for dealing with the gang issue. Um, They spend millions of dollars, uh, maybe 25 to 30 million a year, with putting services in the highest gang areas, And, and those are prevention services, intervention services. So the work I've done, over the years, I've worked as a case manager working directly with high-risk youth and also as a program director and now trying to form my own company and um, organization. And basically, it's, it's dealing with the resources in the community in the families, not just the youth in and of themselves, but looking at a holistic approach to why kids join gangs in the first place. Why are they, why do they have, even if they don't join gangs, why is there chronic delinquency um, in the schools and, and with that child. So pr- just providing comprehensive services to them and looking at the whole family, not just the young person. And, you know, I tried to be a role model through rap music. I love rap music. I love writing, but I wanted to be a role model. And it just wasn't, I saw the music industry just going way to the left, you know, just craziness, as we all know, in, in those lyrics. And I said, wow, I can't, I don't think I would, reach my goals doing it this way because they weren't promoting positive women and they still aren't. So I went to school, got my degree in social work and one of my first jobs out of college um, was at a gang prevention program and I fell in love with it. And like you said, you know, now I have clients that I met, they they were 10 years old and now they're 24 and they're on Facebook saying, thank you so much for believing in me. Thank you for, you know, what you've done and the organization you're with. So, I mean, it's a passion of mine. I love it. and But now I want to do it kind of on my own terms. So right now we're working on our business plan and, you know, trying to get our organization DMTL up. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's been my passion. It's very fulfilling work for me.
0: It's important because what you're doing is helping with the continuity of time, and creating a society of youths that can actually sustain our future, because if we don't invest in the youths today that are at risk, um, I don't know how we're going to handle the next 20, 30, 40 years. Exactly. Really. Um, We're getting to a close of our conversation, and I want to be able to touch on the power of communication because I know you've done a presentation or developed something called Let's Talk and Let's Listen. One of the biggest yes. problems in our country today is that we don't really listen. Um, how is this yes. important in fostering good relationships?
3: In my work with young people and trying to the hardest work has been trying to get the, the family unit to understand what we're doing with that young person. Um, and where I saw success was when I was able to motivate or collaborate with them in understanding how to speak to each other. In my personal life I've been guilty of not listening well, or you know, you look at your relationships, and I would say, well, wow, I have a great relationship with person A, but we speak, we communicate this way with each other, but person B, so we, I don't, I don't communicate as well with this person. So when I, I took this class, and I had to read a textbook called People Skills by Robert, Doctor Robert Bolton, phenomenal book. I keep it with me everywhere I go, and I really started to understand the barriers to communication and how to really listen to people. And I really applied it in my conversations on the phone with friends. When I was at a parties, I applied it to my, you know, whatever setting I was in, I applied it, and I noticed how my personal relationships became stronger and the work that I did with youth and their families became more effective. So I wanted to put together a fun presentation using my comedic background, you know, because people want to be just talked to. They want to be engaged and laugh. and. So I figured I would love to do a presentation, and start probably at the college circuit level, and just organizations about communication styles and listening patterns because it's something that's really not taught in school, and I think it should be mandatory, just like math and English. How to communicate? So yeah, it's wow. it's that's a it's I'm 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 always studying it. I love it, and it's something you always have to be really conscious of. How are you communicating with someone? Because your tone. I mean, we can have the best intentions in the world trying to advise a friend, and it's the way we're advising totally blocks them wanting to even listen to you. And I'm the oldest of nine, so I was always guilty of advice and, you know, moralizing and, you know, I mean, you're doing it with a good heart and with good intention, but you're blocking their ears. And and you really have to understand the barriers of communication to know that you're even doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. I thought it was a fascinating topic because I I didn't I didn't get that before. So there are like eleven mm-hmm. to twelve major barriers that most people aren't even aware of.
0: Wow, that's interesting because one of our quotes in the Brahma Kumaris is speak less, speak sweetly, and speak softly, and then people can actually hear what you're saying. Exactly. I've got to let you go, but I need you to tell me a little bit about being the spokesperson for Team Parkinson and what do you need the public to understand about Parkinson's disease and how can they help?
3: I would just say, very briefly, um, one, if you have Parkinson's, think you have it, or know anyone who has it, you must seek a movement disorder specialist. This is very, very crucial. Most people go to a general neurologist. That is not a sufficient doctor for Parkinson's. A movement disorder specialist is a neurologist that has two additional years of training in movement disorders. So a regular general neurologist is not going to be the best doctor for you. And many people who are going through unnecessary issues with their Parkinson's or may not know they have it, it's happening because they don't have a movement disorder specialist. That's number one. Number two is there's so much information about Parkinson's now online and the symptoms are so varied and layered and they change over time, you have to understand the disease itself. So the the more you read about this disease, the the better you can improve your quality of life or understand what you're going through. And three, I'm a part of an organization called the Parkinson Alliance. They have the Unity Walk and Team Parkinson's. They are a great organization. They're, they're one of many that you want to donate to research, but I deal with them in particular because I know they're a very honest group. But they can be found at parkinsonalliance.org. So those are the three things I would say. Um, and then if anyone wants to know what I'm doing, you know, with youth and my projects, dmtlfamily.org. And for my communication um, things that I'm doing, maryamali.com. That's it.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. May may leave me with one Life quotes that you're living by, and it can't be fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> <laughs> fly
3: like a butterfly, sting like a bee. You know, I'm gonna say something very cliche. I, I, but I just think it's I, I'm very practical in terms of my day-to-day existence and so what you know, going to the store, you know, going to get your car wash, or going to visit a family member. I just really practice to respect people the way I want to be respected. That may sound so small, but the way I talk to people, the way I deal with people, the way I deal with traffic, the way I deal with customer service, the way I deal with my family, I love respect. I love the feel. I think we all love that. And in, in every way, shape, and form, I try to be so cognizant of how are you dealing with people just day to day. And and so I live by that. That's something that I always put in my head when I walk out of the door. How do I want to be treated? How do I want to be respected? And I need to really model that with, with everyone I come in touch with. Even if I'm upset, you know, have anger control and say, okay, if someone was upset with me, how do I want them to treat me when they're upset? <laughs> okay? So, and I found that that really I'm able to, get a lot of what I want out of people and also get the the peaceful energy from people that I need to get. Even if they're upset with me, just mirror respect as much as possible. Um, and I get a lot of apologies, too, because people will be, oh, you know, I'm sorry I went off on you. You're being very kind. I'm sorry I yelled at you because I'm still trying to treat them a certain way despite how they're treating me. So if I can maintain that, I had a great day. <laughs>
0: may that is excellent because I've found that there are two things that we we are sustained by. It is love and it is respect. Exactly. And if we can um, garner both from each other, I think the planet would be a much better place. Thank you for being with us on the air.
3: Thank uh, you. We love
0: you. Keep up the good work. Any plans to Washington, D.C.? Don't forget to come by the Meditation Museum.
3: Yeah, I will. Thank you.
0: Please do. Please do. Thank you so very much and all the very best. Thank you. All righty. Take care.
3: Bye bye.
0: So here we are, you know, living our lives and moving forward as best as we can, folks. And as you heard from May May, you know, if you can do just one thing in life, and that is no matter what you go through or how you go through it, can you be respectful to the other and can you also treat your life? We hope you've enjoyed our conversation today with Miriam Ali. Do visit her at MiriamAli.com for further information. And as we close every show here, remember no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. We'll end with one of our favorite tracks from Gary Wright called Dream Weaver. And stay good, everyone. Take care.
1: Close